So how's the quarantine treating you? I have to say that it takes some adjustment. Things seem to be turning around, so let's continue to pray that the steps taken will work and we can continue to move towards a normal way of life. The changes our country has gone through, especially with the isolation, have exasperated some mental health conditions or even started some in people who weren't struggling before. A condition that you may have heard a lot about recently is depression. I'm a minister, but I'm also a professional counselor. So I speak to people about depression a lot. Many people have questions about depression. Do they have it? Can you just work your way out of it? Do I need medication? And where does depression come from? Depression can come from your daily routine. When I speak to teenagers about depression, I find out that their habits typically involve sitting and looking at their phones. No physical activity, nothing that is enriching, and the media they take in is usually negative in nature, so it's no wonder they feel depressed. The same is even true for adults, though. They work, eat, and sleep, and they laugh at me when I ask them what they do for leisure or if they're exercising. Who has time for that? A lack of positive behaviors and a lack of self-care both contribute to a depressed feeling. These two examples may be more of a down feeling than actual clinical depression, but if you feel sad all the time, it may be time to take a better care of yourself. In fact, aerobic exercise is one of the best treatments for depression. So if you feel depressed, get moving. It'll do wonders for you. You may not feel like it at first, but if you don't start, you'll never feel like it. It's not only your daily habits, but life events can cause depression as well. Everyone goes through difficult times, and this may result in a depressed feeling, or what we might call the blues, especially if it's a tragic event, such as a death or a divorce. This depressed feeling can last a long time, and even become clinical. But what if nothing has happened to you? Life is actually good. And you can even name those things that you're thankful for. What is going on then? Well, some type of treatment may be necessary. Medication can be helpful, but it is most effective when used in conjunction with talk therapy. Someone you see several times each month. Because even if there's no other explanation, someone else may see something you don't. The following are symptoms of depression, persistent sadness, loss of interest or pleasure in activities you once enjoyed, significant weight loss when not dieting, or significant weight gain, trouble sleeping, restlessness or irritation, fatigue or loss of energy, feelings of worthlessness, or excessive or inappropriate guilt, difficulty concentrating, recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. People who have never had depression don't understand it. They tell their loved ones, well, just snap out of it, or you'll be okay. While these words are spoken with good intention, they can do more harm than good. If the person could snap out of it, don't you think they would? The person may not be okay. No one is okay that may be considering taking their own life, which happens quite often with depression. Here's how people have described depression, and this may shed some light on the matter. Depression is like you're drowning, but everyone around you is breathing. When you're depressed, you don't control your thoughts, 
Your thoughts control you. More on this later. Depression is the constant feeling of being numb. Being numb to emotions. Being numb to life. You wake up in the morning just to go to bed again. It's difficult to understand something you've never had. But hopefully today's lesson will shed some light on those struggling with depression and those who may be worried about someone who has it. According to the American Psychiatric Association, one in 15 adults experiences depression in any given year, with one in six experiencing it at some point in their life. Depression is a leading cause of suicide, but thankfully it is treatable. Depression is a relatively new psychological term coined in the early 20th century as doctors began to learn more about it, but it's a disorder that has cropped up in ancient texts, including the Bible. A number of people throughout the Bible experienced what appears to have been depression, from Moses to King David. Still, the word depression doesn't appear in Scripture as it is used today, with the exception of Proverbs 12.25, which offers just a quick note among the other snippets of wisdom. Proverbs 12.25 says, in part, anxiety weighs down the heart. The Hebrew word for weighs down translates to bow down or depress. So depression is the feeling, a weighed down feeling that results from any sort of difficulty, be that outside yourself or within yourself. Christians who are taught to tackle life's problems through prayer, faith, and other spiritual practices often wrestle especially hard with how to understand their battle with depression. As it's not something that typically just goes away if you pray hard enough. If anyone is going through a difficult time, depression may be a regular way of living as things in life aren't 100% perfect. If you are praying that God help you with your depression. Maybe He's helping you with a loved one, through a loved one that's trying to help you. Maybe He's helping you by this very lesson and the information that you'll get from it. So that prayer is still working. Don't give up on it. But look for the answers that do, in fact, come your way. The Apostle Paul struggled with what he called a thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We are not sure what this ailment was, what this thorn in the flesh was. It could have been any number of things that Paul described as a messenger of Satan that kept Paul from exalting himself. How do you think Paul felt while dealing with this thorn? I feel confident in saying that he faced some level of depression. I certainly don't think that happiness was the dominant feeling. Paul begged for God to take it away. But God told him no, that His, that God's power, was able to shine more brightly in Paul's weakness that was caused by the thorn. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9-10. through 10. One of the reasons depression stands out is that many people want to feel 100% happy, and when we don't, we are sad. Subway isn't serving their rotisserie chicken right now. That's disappointing to me. But just how disappointing depends on my reaction to it. Now this is a silly example, but perhaps there is a portion of your life that you wish was better. You may be dealing with it in a manner that isn't healthy. 
And so depression may be the result. Well, trying times are all around us. Difficulties are a part of the Christian life, even the non-Christian life. So what should we focus more on? Let's look at what Paul told the Philippians in chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. So something was going on with Paul. He was in trouble. The Philippian letter is one of Paul's prison epistles. So yeah, he was not having a grand old time. The passage continues, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any, in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Paul says the Philippians wanted to help him, but he knew they couldn't. They lacked opportunity. He then goes on to say that with or without help, he has learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in, the verse emphasizes. When we learn to be content, we learn to handle prosperity, and we learn to live in times when things aren't that good. You see, depression, anxiety, and worry are a part of the human experience. But the question is, do you let them control your outlook on life and rule you? One weekend, I was camping in the Virgin Falls wilderness area with some friends. During the night, a storm moved in, a big one. Lightning, thunder, wind, and lots and lots of rain. Well, I was in my nice tent, but this tent was also rather old. And also, unbeknownst to me at the time, not very leak-proof. Water began to trickle in, and before I knew it, the entire floor of my tent was soaked. What did I do? Well, the only thing I could do. I made provisions to make sure the dripping water wasn't hitting me because that kept me awake all night. And I moved to a spot without those drips and I hung up my rain gear so that it captured the water and I waited for the sun to come up. I worked to be content, you see, in my circumstances. Your circumstances may be such that depression is a constant companion. There are times in your life when you won't be happy. However, you can be happy in the blessings you do have. Paul ends this passage with a very famous verse. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. So Paul tells us in this passage that the secret to contentment is focusing on the Lord and drawing our strength from Him. And that His blessings are what we should focus on. His blessings, His hope are what we should be content with. Not whether or not we're able to purchase as much as we want with credit or with cash. Not for all those things that we look to happiness for. Going to Disney World, you know, that's pretty disappointing to a lot of us. Or going on any vacation, that's disappointing to us. But yeah, it's disappointing. But what we should focus on is the contentment that God brings to us through His Word, through His love, and through His hope for tomorrow. So where does the Bible talk more about depression? The Psalms have many references to it. Words describing a broken person and a person who cries out 
illustrate to us much less than a happy sentiment. And these are found throughout the Bible. Most of the Psalms are thought to have been written by King David, who penned many of them during extremely low periods in his life. Listen to the words in Psalm chapter 143. You can definitely hear the tones of a depressed person. Psalm 143 and verse 3 says, For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in dark places like those who have long been dead. This definitely sounds like someone going through a difficult time. Well, how might one feel if this is what he is discussing? Well, verse 4 tells us, Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart is appalled within me. The King James Version says, My heart is desolate. King David is hurting. He is scared. What does he need? Well, he tells us in verse 7, Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will become like those who go down to the pit. If you struggle with depression, doesn't this sound familiar? Your spirit fails. You are desolate or numb. And you ask God to not hide from you. But it's not just the Psalms. In 1 Kings, when Elijah made King Ahab understand how much evil the ruler had done to the Lord, Ahab fasted, slept in mourning clothes, and walked around depressed. 1 Kings 21, 27. In 1 Samuel, King Saul was so depressed, he sank into fits of despair and rage. 1 Samuel chapter 16-20. And the entire book of Lamentations is a poetic expression of the Hebrews' deep, unabashed depression after the fall of Jerusalem with no hope of redemption or rescue. In addition to David and Saul, other Bible characters wrestled hard with deep feelings of despair or what we can fittingly call depression. Moses had a dark wilderness period of his own several times over the course of his long life. God had tasked him with leading Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, a job Moses did not particularly want, yet God insisted. Again and again he'd do as God told him, only to face opposition, complaint, and rejection from his people who were dissatisfied and scared. At one point, after the people rallied against him in the desert, Moses cried out to the Lord in Numbers 11, 14, and 15, I alone am not able to carry all this people because it is too burdensome for me. So if you are going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. So Moses wasn't very happy. He describes it as a burden. Isn't that what depression is to many of you? He even talks about not wanting to live anymore. Not suicide, thankfully, but he talks about not wanting to be around anymore and asking God for that, for that end. Certainly, Moses was having a pretty difficult time. The prophet Jeremiah, rejected, mocked by his people, poverty-stricken, and deeply lonely, struggled with depression throughout his days. At one of his lows, he cursed the day he'd been born. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 14. And a few verses later cried out, Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look on trouble and sorrow so that my days have been spent in shame? That sounds like somebody who's having a pretty difficult time, don't you think? 
Judas Iscariot, so overcome with guilt and pain over the wrong he had done in betraying Jesus, hung himself. Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 5. And let's not forget Job and the prophet Jonah. Two men who struggled against what was going on with him. Certainly, they faced depression and downtroddenness as well. So how should Christians view depression? It's clear then that depression isn't just a problem today, but one people struggled with hundreds of years before Christ came to save mankind. The people then might have called it anything from melancholy to spirit possession, but it caused great suffering, despair, and in some cases, suicide. It was a real pressing problem one that started wars and leveled leaders, and one that had no easy solution. Time after time, the Bible presents stories of depressed people crying out to God, begging for help or for Him to just take the pain away. It's important to note that depression is not identified as a sin, but an earthly hardship, perhaps much like oppression or even poverty, which Jesus Himself said we will always have with us. Matthew 26 and verse 11. So how should one treat their depression? As with all the problems people face, there is one thing we are supposed to do with them. Bring them to God. Jesus acknowledged the weight of our troubles, whether physical or emotional, promising in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn about Jesus. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you give your life to Christ, you can learn more about what this means. If you are a Christian and you still struggle, it may be because you're not fully giving your life to Christ. Not fully giving your burdens to Him. Hope does lie in God as the psalmist writes in chapter 42 and verse 11. But it's important to understand that just because we put our hope and faith in God, it doesn't mean our problem will go away. Like cancer, diabetes, and other diseases, sometimes we'll have it the rest of our earthly life. It can get easier with contentment, like I mentioned earlier. Also, if we learn to take control of our thoughts, many people haven't learned to do this. And they are plagued by their very own minds. A well-trained counselor can help you in all of these ways. You shouldn't just give up and say, well, this is just my lot in life, I suppose. No, you've got to frame it a little differently than that. You've got to find the positive. Understand that the negative will be there and don't let it control you anymore. But come out, come away from this lesson today feeling as though there is hope for you. Don't feel as though, well, I just have to live this way the rest of my life. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying a proper perspective on this area of your life is what's needed in a counselor. Please, a counselor or someone that you trust, that you can go talk to, can help you with this. Should you take medication? As a counselor, I tell people that there is great reward in working through your issues without the assistance of medication. But I also tell these same people that you sometimes can't do it without help of some type of medicine. Jesus in His life and ministry made it clear 
that healing and seeking healing is a good thing. He also acknowledged that the sick need a doctor. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12. And Paul, when he mentioned Timothy's chronic stomach ailments, didn't indicate that he should just suffer and, and deal with it in his illness, but rather take measures to alleviate it. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 23. Speak to your doctor and seek counseling. Then you can make the best decision for you when it comes to medication. Depression, like other diseases or disorders, might be something people can't always cure completely, 100%. Still, Christians can take comfort in knowing they're part of a suffering fellowship. Life won't always be 100% good. And we can take comfort in this, not only today, but also among many other strong and faithful leaders throughout the Bible. And as with all hardships, setting sights on God and drawing strength from Him in spite of the difficulty can be a big help. If you need help, contact someone today. At the end of this lesson, there will be some information that I hope will be helpful to you. Perhaps your issue may be that you need help with your spiritual life. You can find that here at the Birdwell's Chapel Church of Christ or at another congregation of the Lord's Church in your area. Contact us, contact them, and we can help you become a Christian. And you can begin your journey with Christ and learn about all the benefits, even the mental health benefits, that come with knowing Christ. In the New Testament, many people ask, well, what shall I do? What shall I do to be saved? And so many times, those very same people were told, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And so we've got to realize the instructions that come from Scripture apply to us today, and we need to apply them to our lives. Repent. Your depression may be the result of your behaviors, behaviors that you need to change. So repent of those, repent of those wrongs in your life and be baptized as some of the first Christians were told in Acts chapter 2. Be baptized and you can become a Christian today and start learning more because that just starts your journey. Start learning more about the hope that God has for you in this life and in the life to come. Will you pray with me please? Our Father in Heaven, we're grateful for this time, these moments, and the wisdom that You have blessed us with in Scripture as it pertains to our mental health. I pray, Father, that every person watching will take an account of all that they've done in their life, will take, take into inventory, Father, their life right now, and will make those changes that are necessary so that they might become closer to You. I pray, Father, that they'll become a Christian. I pray, Father, that they will repent of the sin that's in their life so that, that depression or whatever it might be, Father, that is ailing them at this time can be cast to the side, can be uh, put away, Father, and they can focus more on You rather than on the negative that is in their life. Please be with that person now who is watching, who needs this prayer, who needs this lesson. And may he or she make that change today, Father to become a child of Yours and seek the help if they need it, Father. Seek a counselor. Seek a doctor. Search Your Word for the wisdom that's there so that they might overcome anything that might be burdening them. Anything, Father, that might be weighing them down so that they can start a new life with You. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for blessing us. Thank You for the blessings that we come to realize every day during this quarantine. And may, Father... 
our nation, our country, and our world be healed very soon. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.